Greetings and welcome to HVAC Chats, a series of HVAC episodes by Contracting Business and Endeavor Business Media. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business Magazine and Director of Content for ContractingBusiness.com. HVAC Chats offers insights by guest HVAC contractors into their business management challenges and successes. And we will also provide insight by leaders from various HVAC associations on topics of interest to contractors. Our guests have many years of experience, and we thank them for sharing their insights with you, their contractor colleagues. And we also thank you for tuning in to each new episode. Now on to the show. Welcome to this edition of HVAC Chats. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business. My special guest today is Bart James, CEO of ACCA, Air Conditioning Contractors of America. Welcome, Bart. Thanks, Terry. Great to be with you and appreciate the the wonderful relationship we have with with you and Contracting Business. Looking forward to, to visiting with you today. Yes, sir. Thank you. And we appreciate your friendship and uh, collaboration with us. And we certainly appreciate all the efforts ACA expends every day in the interest of the HVAC contractor. And we have reason to celebrate on June 20th. Uh, sometimes rare victory was celebrated by the HVAC industry when a court decided that the EPA's decision to ban refillable refrigerant cylinders was overturned. And this was a collaborative effort of ACA. Hardy, PHCC, and Worthington Industries. And again, congratulations on that victory, Bart. And if you could describe the key points in the cylinder ban, and there was also a ruling that uh, they were not allowed to force contractors to use QR codes, which would have imposed many tracking burdens of cylinders. And tell us, Bart, the key points in the cylinder ban and QR ruling that gave us this victory. Well, well, thanks, Terry, for, for again for for having me on and and wanting to, you know, dive a little deeper into this victory. You know, we're 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 blessed. You know, sometimes we think of of the victories that are, you know, more kind of outward facing, like this one right here. And I'm going to give you some some details. So ACCA, we did partner with our friends over at Hardy, so that's the distributor side of things, and PHCC, our, our friends over at the the plumbing and cooling side of things. Uh, Worthington filed a, a different lawsuit than we did, very similar in terms of our efforts, but we were working kind of in parallel, but not in conjunction. So I think that's important difference in there. And as we're giving thanks and um, praise um, our friends Stephen and Jonathan over at Arnold and Porter. So that was the lead law firm that we had contracted with to work on this. So those are those are the folks on the front lines. This was a legal battle. This is us going to the mat for contractors on a, you know, an issue they had told us would be impactful for their business if we had these type of changes happen. And again, all this is a result out of the the AIM Act. 
um, of how that was done and more than anything, EPA overstepping its boundaries. And that's really at the heart of the decision. When you asked to kind of, you know, describe the key points there, it's EPA's policy that would have impacted contractors and would have impacted distributors. So that, that was our angle. Worthington was looking at it there from a business standpoint. Worthington's the largest producer of cylinders, both disposable as well as refillable. So they had a, a different angle on it from, from us, but this was about EPA overstepping its boundaries and what was the authority given to them through the AIM Act, through Congress. So another piece of legislation we had worked on trying to address the refrigerant transition that's happening and going on right now. And if you're not aware, when I say refrigerant transition, you know, hopefully your spider senses are going off and you're going, oh, I need to catch up on this. And there's a ton of information I know, Terry, that you guys have reported on and we have on our website about this and how to make sure your most valuable resource, your technicians are prepared for the transition that's already started. Yes. And am I correct that the court said the EPA was claiming that by having refillable cylinders, I think a key point they had was that it was going to increase or continue with refrigerant emissions. And if I'm correct, the court decided, while the EPA has a role in restricting refrigerant emissions, these two rulings really were not at all related to that activity. You're, you're spot on, Terry, in terms of your, your take on that. And, you know, the, the ruling is, is, you know, prescriptive to EPA, yeah, but as we've seen in this administration, a win isn't always a win. That means you have to keep fighting. So the advocacy efforts, those investments at contractors that are part of ACCA and are part of, you know, the distributors that are part of Hardy and the contractors that are part of PHCC, this is what they're funding. And it's also the partners that we have. So if you're looking at the list of corporate partners as we refer to them at, at ACCA and you see someone you're doing business with and they're not part of that list, you should probably scratch your head and wonder why you're investing in those companies because they're not working to support the efforts that ACCA, Hardy, PHCC are doing where we are going to the mat, when we are breaking out and using our resources to fight for the issues that you are telling us that are most important. Those other ones weren't there. When you Terry, when you name off who was there part of this lawsuit, it was Hardy, PHCC, ACCA, and then Worthington, the person that actually makes the cylinder. So they've got their own business sense of this, but all the other folks from the industry weren't there. So again, I would encourage you to make sure you're investing with the people that are looking after you and your interest. But this is really about advocacy and how important it is to your business and your bottom line. I mean, the ripple effects this would have had would have been, you know, I mean, unknown. I mean, we're already struggling with, you know, just supply chain as a whole, but add in, you know, to what it would cost to re-rack your, your vans. I mean, it's already difficult enough to get your vans, your trucks, all of that. And you add that in and then you get into the whole workplace injury. Again, your most valuable resource as a contractor is the employees out in the field servicing, working for your customer. So making sure they're trained, those investments. But if you're doing something that we know is going to, you know, further increase the chances of a workplace injury, which is, again, the larger, you know, heavier cylinders that this would have required. Um, that's really at the heart of how we looked at this, not to mention, again, the EPA just overreaching its bounds. They're supposed to be focusing on the atmosphere and the admissions, not the cylinder that's being utilized. 
Yes, and, and after attending the last ACA conference, it really is great to see the contractors that are there and who were involved in activity to help support ACA's cause in terms of lobbying or letters or phone calls and other uh, member activity. And it, it is great when we see contractors coming together, uh, apart from just the conference, but sharing their opinions with legislators. I got to spend, Terry, I'm going to share a little bit. I got to spend father, Father's Day. I actually had, had my boys. I've got twin boys, Palmer and Preston, that are um, 10 years old, and they joined me. We did a trip over to Texas um, for an event um, through our political action committee, a congressman we supported since he first ran for office, but he's one of several that we have. It's one of our own, and we've been there supporting him from the beginning and educating him, but he knows enough about this industry when he refers to the governor of California as Governor Stead Newsom, Governor Gruesome. So they're following it that closely of what's coming out of California, the regulations that are oftentimes being championed by EPA. But you see that happen there. California is our poster child of of a bad state in terms of how it views regulations and their authority. They're interested in, you know, basically taxing the the customer and ultimately the 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 contractor in terms of the business standpoint, but little in terms of the reality of actually making changes that are meaningful to the consumer. They have a less than 10% compliance on installation. Um, so that really kind of, to me, gets at the core of what's here. And you see those champions that are, you know, leading the cause here on these transitions we're happening in this transition on, you know, on what is a closed loop system on us transitioning from, you know, 410 or R22 into the new, you know, slightly flammable A2Ls. And, you know, before long, we're going to have the 3Ls here. Um, so, the, again, California leads the charge in terms of the country, but not in a good way. And that's something that ACCA is always focused on, of just how do we shift that focus from, you know, whether it's about the atmosphere or about the efficiency and, and better use of energy to about the important part, which is the contractor that are there on the front lines. And we already know that half the installations in the country aren't being done to the manufacturer's minimum requirements, losing 40% of the energy efficiency. But the same thing's happening here when we talk about refrigerants and why EPA even thought they needed to be in this space. Yes, and of course, absolutely re responsible use is essential. And uh, the more the, the best contractors can help others continue those or get more involved in those best practices, the better for the industry. Uh, would you care to mention anything one or two specific activities that ACA is continuing to be involved in on behalf of contractors? Absolutely. But I'm going to come back if I could, Terry, to you mentioned the QR tracking. We're all yes. familiar with QR. It's kind of, you know, become something we've incorporated into our, our daily life. But, you know, one of the aspects there that we were concerned about was the was the tracking side of this. And that's one, again, the overreach, the authority that EPA doesn't have that Congress hasn't given it that they're trying to take on. Um, and so, you know, it's not just trying to stop them through, in this case, the the legal at, legal side of it for us going to the to the courts after we, you know, exhausted ourselves with trying to work with, you know, the the current administration, the political and career staff there. 
but we're also the other side of it. So we're all about belt and suspenders. So it's, you know, it's being, it's defense with offense. So we've got right now the Smart Energy Efficiency Standards Act. So, you know, long name, good little acronym that goes along with it, but Congresswoman Lesko is the, the lead on that. And that's trying to, you know, deal with some more of the issues that we're dealing with, with, in this case, with DOE that very much kind of aligns with the QR tracking. They're trying to do date of installation, um, a transition there. Um, in terms of, in terms of, in, instead of the date of manufacturer. Um, so I'm sorry, I got that backwards. So you want it, we want it to be the date of installation instead of the date of manufacturer. That way we do have the inventory we need to meet consumer demand and all, and be a better partner with the manufacturers and the distributor and, and the contractors, as we've seen more and more contractors are, are holding inventory to make sure they can service their customers, um, in a way that, you know, it, you know, works best for them. Very good. But very good. Thank you. Yeah. You, you ask about other wins. I yeah. mean, God, Terry, it's, you know, we're, we're working on, on those every day. Yes. Um, I mean, just today EPA came out with their new um, HFC um, allocation rule. So this is one again, tied back to the AIM Act um, in terms of, of the bigger aspects, kind of the tangential parts of it. But that's one where, you know, we're still working on to make sure. So they're looking to take down 40% of the refrigerants in that transition. That looks like it's going to happen at the state by state level, which was exactly what we didn't. This is what ACCA warned was going to be the problem. And we didn't need to do that. We need to do this at a federal way, not by state by state. So we're going to have states. If you're not recovering refrigerant, you very well could have some you know, some sharp elbows kind of coming your way with whether or not you're going to have access to the refrigerant that you and your existing customers use. So that transition, that 40% is going to go from 2024 to 2028. Um, so we're working on that. And this is where we need to make sure contractors are out there doing the right thing and they have the tools necessary to do it in terms of recovering refrigerant. We need states to to be partners and making sure the, the, the good guys, the good men and women out there are businesses that are doing things right aren't being penalized by the people that are not. Correct. Absolutely. Well, ACA is so involved uh, on the legislative level, but they're also very involved on the level that will help contractors improve the quality of their businesses. And one of the ways ACA does that is by its various meetings. And the next event coming up is Next Level that will convene in Indianapolis, October 16th to 17th. And it's going to cover, as far as I recall, recruiting and training, team leadership, and business strategies and succession. How is the planning going for that event? It's going really good, Terry. Thanks for, thanks for highlighting that. And you know, it's one of the things that you know we've learned from our members. I mean, everything, again, is tied back to, to workforce. Uh, but these are things to make a company work better, no matter the size. And it's a place to come and fill your cup with those, you know, recruiting and training, the team leadership, the strategy and succession planning. 
Um, it's a great place to, to come and do that and really work on the performance of your teams. But the planning is going well. We're, we're actually just kind of putting the final touches on it. Um, if you've not seen our announcement, it'll be already be in your inbox here soon. But Jeff Brett, um, Butler is going to be our lead keynote. Really excited about him and, you know, the generational kind of work that he's done in terms of, of bringing science to the table and, and hearing how you can can leverage the science to be a better owner, to be a better manager and, and uh, employer, you know, that's really key. Every, the, the fight right now is about having, having employees, right. The talent war that's out there. And then, you know, how do you know enough? How do you, you know, kind of navigate the generational differences from, you know, a liability and, you know, driving strengths in your, your organization, and your business. That's really what he's going to speak about. I think he's just going to be a great person to fill your cup. And then ACCA is really about that, you know, kind of peer to peer learning, you know, this isn't, we're not the flashy, you know, go and get entertainment. Um, you know, sadly, I, I see, you know, more and more kind of folks run towards that because they may not have the, you know, the, the meat there for, for their, their organization in terms of what they're doing. So that's something ACCA is really, you know, we set the standards in terms of how to do things right. And, you know, that's what we're about in terms of, of bringing to the table for our members in terms of their training. So you're always going to have the, you know, technical side of ACCA, you know, the manual J, D, S, D, you know, all of those ones that, you know, we work on continuously and it's a partnership with the manufacturers and 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 contractors on the front lines to make sure we're keeping up with technology it's there but then you get into the you know the real training in terms of how to be successful at your business and and that's where our conferences are it's not the flashy entertainment you're not going to see us have you know some big uh, music name or something. It's about learning from your peers and learning from experts that are proven that are working for other businesses. So if you're looking to you know level up to bring your bring your game to the next level, that's truly what this conference is. And we hope to see everyone there in in Indianapolis. I know one of our great partners, um, Tom, has been serves on our committees and Tom Jackson Jackson Systems. He's been wanting us to come to Indianapolis for years. Um, so I'm very excited to to be there, and I know Tom and the rest of our great members there in the area are going to be great hosts to us. But hope to hope to see a lot of folks, and, I only, and I'd encourage you to you know use this conference to bring your your next level of of who the leaders are in your company there together. Great, fantastic! Sounds like it's going to be a great event. And then we have to discuss a little bit the planning that's underway for the next annual ACA conference in Orlando. Yes. Care to, care to share anything about that? Absolutely. We're going to be at the the beautiful Melissa um, brought us from my team, just got back. She was kind enough to fit in a little, little time while she was there on a family vacation there in the area to go over and check out the resort. Um, it's or it's Universal Orlando Sapphire Falls Resort. So that's where we're going to be located. Again, it's um, it's uh, well, I should have these dates um, Monday, March 11th through the 14th through the 14th um, there in Orlando, Florida. So that's our big annual conference and expo. So a bit different, you know, it's the, the next level is smaller. It's more condensed, kind of a, a faster session. We actually have three tracks at next level that are running simultaneously. So you can fill your cup in different ways. And that, that's similar to what we have, but Terry, you've been to enough of our bigger shows. It's a little bit different. It's one I'm really excited about, you know, one of things that we did, 
um, back in 2018, when we worked on kind of rolled out our last strategic plan was working, realizing that we're stronger together. And this will be one of our first conferences to truly do that. It's going to be a joint conference with Fracas. This is the Florida Air Conditioning Association. So we've been working towards strengthening those relationships with the at the state level. And now we've grown to having um, formal relationships with 29 states in the District of Columbia. And, and Florida is one of our great partners there. Paula's on the front lines running that association, and, and we're excited. And we refer to them as our allied contracting organizations, and FRAC is our, our lead one there in, in Florida. So we're excited about that. Um, you know, there's going to be over 12 educational sessions for attendees, um, you know, a lot of networking. You know, it's really what you leave with from there. It's how you, you know, it's, again, filling your cup, but it's also meeting someone to, to work with. And we always have our great places for our mixed groups to either get together for them or as they're looking for new members and then for us to establish new mixed groups. And always happy to share more on mixed groups if that's a, a term your listeners may not be familiar with and haven't had a chance to see. But that's definitely part of ACCA secret sauce is our mixed group program. Sure. Go ahead. Just describe that. Yeah, so mixed group is is short for management information exchange group. So this is, you know, it's a peer-to-peer model where we play matchmaker, ACCA does. We pair together like-size contractors in non-competing areas, no additional cost. It's all part of your ACCA membership. We pair them together and Boy, Terry, we've got some that are on God, second, coming on third generation of working together, and those groups have expanded from the owners. They may have a separate mixed group for you know, their technical or other aspects of their business that are all coming together. We've we've got over 75 mixed groups across the country, usually, again, range in size from usually eight to 12 companies that are there. And it's, you know, when I talk about secret sauce, this is it. You'll hear some of, you know, kind of our, you know, champions of, of ACCA, you, you, know, you name the different groups, but have they've grown their business and become titans in this industry, this is what they point back to. And they've done such amazing things. I mean, not only helping each other and give a, you know, real world perspective, they, they rotate between hosting each of them. They try to rotate through over a couple of years, but once a year, they're going to someone's operation, usually kind of work their own schedule, but they have facilitated meetings and, you know, they're really looking at the the company that's hosting and giving them perspectives on, you know, how they're operating, interviewing their employees, making recommendations on, you know, whether you promote someone or maybe you, you you tell them it's time for them to go somewhere else because of how they're either working in the right direction for the company or not. But it's a anyway, that's a part of it. Where we play that matchmaking role in person there at the conference. And, and those groups have just been, you know, a phenomenal success for our members that participate. And, you know, for anyone that wants to be part of it, we want to help that happen. Absolutely. I will never forget another contractor I was interviewing was describing to me the the scenario when he and another one or two contractors were in a mixed group phone discussion with a con- another contractor who was seeking help. And they were talking for a, a while, a few minutes, I suppose it was. And one of those contractors said, we're coming out to see you, period. And that contractor was, I believe, was brought to tears because of that outreach that saved his business. And that, that to me, sums up 
the mixed group process. Well, you got a great taste of hearing that story, Terry. And there's, there's lots of them out there like that. I mean, from ones where business lost a, you know, uh, a child and the, the child was older and part of the business, but the other mixed group members stepped in while the, you know, business was dealing with that, that loss of, of a family member. It, it's, it's just amazing what they've done and how they nurture and becomes their, their best friends. I mean, it yep. is, it is so neat to see and, and see how long those rela- relationships have gone. And again, it's included in your membership, you know, yes. you know, for profits out there. And again, ACCA, if you're not familiar with us, we're different than a lot of the other groups that do great things out there, but they're for profits. We're here to serve our members. We work for ACCA's 3000 member companies. We are a nonprofit. The IRA recognizes us as a 501 C3 and our educational Institute uh, is our 501 C3. And then ACCA, the rest of the organization works under a 501 C6 that allows us to be more politically active and have our political action committee and lobby. So we are, um, you know, we're, we're here to serve our members and we can't think of a better way to do it than, than our mixed groups. And then just, again, setting the standards that, that we have that recognize contractors doing things right. So they're not competing with the, the chuck in a truck. Absolutely. And it, it is truly, uh, one of ACCA's greatest offerings, the mixed group, as well as the shows, the upcoming Next level and the annual conference, March eleventh cool. to fourteenth, and uh, we're so thankful that ACA is out there. Well, thank you, Terry. I, pr- I appreciate it. And the out there part, of, I think, is you know how we start off here is is the advocacy. It's the lobbying, and we refer to it as the fight. And you know, I love that as someone that spent most of my life in Washington D.C. or working on and working on political campaigns. You know, there's no better way. We're blessed to have a, a governor that's you know his company's part of our mixed group program, um, and we've got you know three members of Congress currently and one Senator that are all ACCA members that are contractors. We're we've surpassed the doctors in terms of the number of folks out there and we're, we're supporting them and helping them be better champions, but they understand, you know, the, the challenging world that's out there to be a small business owner or to be a contractor in this space where there's, you know, incredible demand and consumers that aren't as educated as we need and, and recognition. I mean, heck, Terry, you and I have talked about this at nauseum, but there's 17 states in the country that don't have a license requirement to be an HVAC contractor. How in the world did we get here where every state has a license requirement to cut hair, but we don't have it for the folks on the front lines working with, whether it's refrigerant or just working with the with the equipment that's using the most energy in our entire country when you add in refrigeration to it and we we don't have that so us setting a standard so people are recognized and can justify the the prices they charge for their expertise that they bring to the table and make sure they have the training to look after their most valuable resources the their technicians and there's you know one I wanted to, to mention to you before we um, wrap but I'd gotten a note over the weekend from one of our our ACOs and uh, I, I, I love them. They're one of our, our top states in terms of membership. And they, you know, sometimes check in to make sure we're doing. And it was one about um, 
529 program for those who have been setting aside money that may be where they're doing their savings but uh, at the federal level for the 529 and that's been one talking about the unfair playing field but where it was only set aside for for colleges so we're worked on making sure we could change that and a champion congresswoman virginia fox out of the great state of north carolina has been our champion now she's handed it over to my friend that's leaving the charge congressman rob whitman out of virginia he's paired up with Senator Klobuchar on the Democratic side of the aisle over in the Senate, and they've got, you know, new legislation to change that. But that's something, Terry, we've been working on, you know, it's been almost 10 years now since I remember sitting down with, you know, um, Congresswoman Fox and, and her, talking about her brother that worked in the skilled trades and kind of helping her understand how the, the playing field's not level out there for us from the beginning. It's not level in the schools. It's certainly not level how we can save and encourage people to get into this amazing industry. So that's one. And then, you know, there's going to be some news that'll come out later today. So today's July 17th. The news came out um, of the Biden administration of how excited they are from the Inflation Reduction Act, $150 million, which is nothing to sneeze at, but it is at the federal level going to in-demand um, industries like HVAC. And we're glad to have that, but that's a pittance. We deserve so much more. This industry deserves more of a focus. If you used, We're talking about bailing people out on college tuition that they pay and other things. We need a focus on, you know, funding for stuff that matters in this country, and that's one of them, and we shouldn't be excited about $150 million. We ought to be mad about that and be frustrated that we don't have funding going towards the jobs that we need in this country. So anyway, I'm on my soapbox, so apologies. Uh, you know, it's a Monday, and apparently I, I had a little too much vinegar over the over the weekend that's got yeah. my blood pumping here on that, but it's one that, you know, this industry, we need to be, you know, our members, you have this amazing ability, if we would ever tap into it from an AFC standpoint, you're in every decision maker's home in this country, you're in their staff's home, you're a trusted resource for one of the things that they're going to spend the most on, and not to mention the thing they associate with comfort, but now we associate with safety. And we need to leverage that. This industry has so much potential to do more when it comes from an AFC standpoint. ACCA wants to be your partner in getting that and just us to check through our checklist of what you've told us are most important to you and leveling the playing field and us actually making some real progress on workforce is something ACCA is committed to doing. But we need we need the help of the contractors out there, the people listening to this. We need the help. You know, again, if you're doing business with someone that's not a partner of ACCA or PHCC question why you're giving them your hard-earned money are they actually rowing in the same direction as you if not break up with them come over and work with someone that actually supports you in your industry thank you Bart you take a soapbox better than any of them no problem there and again thank you for the time and, and the effort that you and Melissa brought us and all of the ACA team have been expending on the part of the contractor. And listeners, join ACA if you are not a member. And we hope to see you then at the upcoming ACA events. And I want to thank Bart James, CEO of ACCA, for joining us today on this edition of HVAC Chats. Thank you, Bart. My pleasure, Terry. Thank you so much.
That wraps up this episode of HVAC Chats. Thank you, as always, to our guests and to you, our beloved listeners. If this is your first time listening to HVAC Chats, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And if you are a regular listener, please share the podcast with your colleagues who would find our episodes valuable. Until our next episode, you can find us on contractingbusiness.com. This is Terry McIver. Have a great day, everybody.